break into it. Patrick, you're traveling around the world. What uh, what ideas and news have you got for us? Hey, Dan. How you going, mate? Yes, traveling around the world in Florence at the moment. Still continuing the trend of the worldwide podcast, but yeah. And and actually, you know what? Traveling around has actually given me a lot of ideas, and this is an idea that came through traveling. So what I want to talk about is a mobile app that allows you to hire instant workers, okay? So if you are a business in, say, hospitality, so restaurants or bars or possibly tourist attractions, which is sort of how I came up with this, then you can instantly hire a worker to work from the crowd or from your customers to instantly begin working. So was was this you, uh, you were in Rome or somewhere like that and you saw the, um, what are they called, the Centurion Guards near the Colosseum and you thought, I want to do that? That could be me. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Rome. I was in Pompeii, and I was I was touring around Pompeii, and I'm sure everyone's experienced this as well. You you're you're at a tourist attraction, you're at a cafe, you're at a bar, you're waiting in line, you're waiting in queue. I was at Pompeii, I was in the cafe, and the line was insane. I just looked up. I swear to you, there was a hundred people in a cafe line to get a panini, and there was two people working behind the cafe making fresh paninis. Right, so everything is fresh. So they're taking the time with every single order, and I was like, man, I worked in hospitality in. The past when I was when I was younger, I could literally jump behind there and just start smashing out paninis and help them and reduce this line. But there was no sort of way to do it, or you know how how hard is that to organize? They're busy; they can't hire someone. They've got one person running sandwiches in. They've got one person serving, one person paying. Like it's they don't have time to just hire someone. I think what you're saying is we're going to change your name from Patrick Pain Point to Patrick Panini Pain. Is that what you're angling for here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Patrick Panini Pain. I've, I've definitely eaten my weight in paninis. I'll say that. So I just want to talk to you, Dan, about the key features of this app, right? So basically the key features are it'll create an instant contract between the business and the staff member. It will have the ability to have sort of job postings for businesses to instantly post a job and then, you know, a worker profile and then possibly a virtual onboarding for the workers as well, just if there's anything specifically niche for that business. So what is the key problem here? Well, basically, hospitality and businesses experience unexpected surges of customers and tourist attractions as well in general, and they just always are short-staffed for those surges. So that's the key problem that we're solving here, right? On the other side, people are always looking for extra cash, right? So people always want that little bit of extra cash, a little side gig. You've heard about side hustles, side gig. It's a big trend at the moment. So, you know, this is an opportunity for people to just get a little bit of extra money if they're, you know, out and about and they're like, oh, I can help with that. I can wash dishes. I I can make coffee. I can uh, guide people through this Pompeii thing because I know more about it than like the tourist guide or whatever. There's heaps of ways to use this. So, yeah, I really like this idea. And one thing, you might clarify it after. So we're talking about, so that example you said before of you standing in a line with a hundred other people waiting for the uh, the fresh panini. So are you somehow saying that people in that line will receive a request or can put the hand up basically to go and help? Or is it just anyone within kind of the vicinity? So, you know, within yeah, 50 km yeah, or, I'd know, say, in, in Pompeii? Yeah, agree, agree. So it'll be, yeah, it could be the vicinity, it could be the suburb. But yeah, again, it would be ideally the immediate vicinity. We're talking like meters away, right? So it's like people that literally jump behind the counter and work. And what this will do, it create instant contracts so both parties are protected. And then it will have like, you know, the the, pro- the profile, the resume of the, the hospitality worker on there. Potentially say, listen, this is my experience. I can do this right now. Like, let me jump by. And they're like, oh, look, yep, that's credible. Boom. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great idea. But my question 
if they don't have time to make the paninis, how are they going to have time to review a resume right there and then? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Quick resume, quick sort of like a LinkedIn for hospitality. And then just quickly, a quick scroll through on your phone. You show them on your phone and they've got it on their phone. Just boom, 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 like easy. You know, you just, just a skim read because it's so busy that you just trust. And, and I'm not degrading hospitality workers or, or whatever, but most people like sort of in Australia, at least work in hospitality, you know, when they're younger and gain those skills, it's a low skilled profession where the basic tasks like washing dishes or using a cash register or or whatever i think most adults you know especially if you're over the age of 30 or whatever can do those things at a level of competence so it's just for those small tasks and just in the interest of time dan i'm just going to push on to desirability so do people want it well, well let's have a look at airtasker which is the on-demand job site right so they actually have listed on an exchange they've had a market cap of 258 million and they've got 2 million users and that's just for people to post random little jobs that they need it's a two-sided marketplace so you post a little job like come build my IKEA furniture or come clean my house or I need someone to come take care of my mom while I go to the bar and sort of like you post on these things and this thing's already very successful. They're doing big numbers, 2 million users. So I think that's a good indication. It's a good signal of this type of product. And let's just talk about the hospitality industry in general. So 6% of hospitality staff globally resign every month. Yeah, high turnover. It's it's one of the highest turnover industries in the world. So they're constantly short staff. And I think there's, yeah, I'm just thinking now like the whole, the LinkedIn for hospitality piece to your point about the resume and reading it, that's I think there's a whole other business in that as well. And producer Rodney's actually written in there, you know, we, we could put it on the blockchain as well. I think that's a great insight as well. So I just want to have a look at, is this possible technically, financially, legally? You know, what's the feasibility of this? Well, I think the key part, you know, and that's where the blockchain can come in, is the worker verification. So, you know, ensuring the quality and reliability of the on-demand workers. So it is crucial to make sure that there is a robust verification process. So maybe you can sign up prior to being in these locations and then you've already got your profile set up and then you go. Um, yeah, there will be some legal and regulatory things. I think we can do deal with that with the smart contracts and payments and so forth. I agree. I think signing up before and so basically, you know, almost checking off, putting in what your skills are. And so that when a job comes up within the vicinity, you kind of already qualified. So it's already done that eligibility check in terms of, you know, for example, if it is suing dishes or whatever the criteria are, it's only alerting those people who have those criteria already, which means that you're not having to look through the resume to make sure that, you know, they can functionally do the job. Yeah, we can do more for them. 100%. That's a good point. We do it more on the back end. Exactly. So we, we do the vetting. We say, this is the perfect person for this. Deal with your surge in demand. They get paid whatever amount of money hourly, whatever the minimum wage is in that country or the non-minimum wage or whatever, um, depending where you are. Yeah. Maybe you can set fees and we can handle payments and so forth as well. Yeah. And in, in your example, you'll get paid in paninis. Is that just to carry the joke? For <laughs> yeah. I'll just, mate, I just, oh, I'm happy to work for lunch at this point. No. <laughs> so... But uh, just you know, let's talk about the business model. So I think something like this definitely needs, I think a mobile app is the move. A web web platform could work, but I think an app is just a little bit more convenient. So in taking the app, I would use a freemium model. You have like a free version, but then for premium features, I'd want to charge the businesses, I think. So I'd want to do like extra feature upgrades, like maybe you can expand your radius of for workers or uh, maybe you can vet. I was thinking potentially you put the, the resumes actually or the LinkedIn for hospitality stuff behind paywall. So it's like they, they can just hire someone based on say like a, a thing, but if they want a more detailed analysis on that person's history and a review, then, you pay, then they have to pay like a, a monthly subscription like the business does to the app. So that's sort of where I was going with the business model. Is it a good idea? I think brilliant idea. I think it solves a key problem. Software is getting easier and easier these days, especially with AI and things like that. But 
I think it's still a little bit of a challenge. You need some back-end developers, some front-end designers, that sort of thing to build the app. But once it's set up, I think it does have low overheads. And then it does solve some key problems for general consumers. For example, waiting in line, queuing at a busy location. It's also going to help businesses who are understaffed and losing economic value as a result. Because, for example, I'm in this line at Pompeii and like, you know, every one in maybe three leaves the line. But then, you know, because there's so many people there, they just keep coming. But think about you could save more customers because of that and you're going to make more money. So it's going to be worth it financially in the end. So yeah, overall great idea. What are your thoughts? I well, I love the self confidence that it's a great idea. Um, <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I, do think I do think this one is a. It's an interesting idea. I've seen it many times before. I think you're right. Feasibly, pretty easy to get something like this set up. And I think you've know, kind of already noted things like the the resume and all the back end, being able to send out push notifications if you're in the vicinity or you know within the radius of that venue or wherever it might be. I think obviously there's the, there are challenges as well. How do you get people on this database given there are already things like Airtasker and how do you kind of market that? I mean, marketing is a challenge for, for every business. And then it's probably the matching of how do you know you've got someone in the line or you know in the vicinity that can do the job without much training? So I think it, that matching, it could be relatively niche, but I think if you get enough people on the platform and enough businesses using it, that matching will probably happen and get better over time. Mm. Yeah, but great, great. Good I totally agree with you. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Cheers for that. Um, let's let's push on to push on to your idea. Yeah, look, I, this one's pretty straightforward. I think I'm just going to say it. Mobile podcast van. What does that mean to you? Mobile podcast van. I think it sounds right up my alley. Given we're the number three business podcast in my iPhone, <laughs> <laughs> we should be number one, shouldn't we? In your iPhone? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, look. Pretty straightforward. I think the problem that you know we're solving here is there are podcasters, there's many podcasters, and they need somewhere to record. To be honest, there is a lower barrier to entry these days. You can record on a phone with just a, a standard microphone. You know, there's lots of video editing software. So it's a relatively low barrier to entry. But I think when you grow to a certain point, you do need to start becoming more professional. You need to have better equipment. You need to have probably a better background. And for some, is is going to be too expensive. And so this is kind of that medium point. So look, again, pretty straightforward but basically the idea is buy a large van it could be a delivery van or something like that or a, a trailer and set it up as a mobile podcasting studio so you deck it out line it all with with sound padding put all the screens in set it up with all the microphones cameras green screens all that kind of equipment that you need for it and then basically people book it and so just an online booking form they pay for it at a say an hourly rate and then you as the business you drive to the location if it's a trailer you could leave it there or you know sit in the car or whatever it might be for the hour or so yeah and then they would do their recording like it, it's a pretty it. straightforward idea yeah I, I think you could get a bit more involved so you could have a producer i mean in fact the driver could be a producer at the same time so it's not just a driver sitting in the van for an hour while someone else is recording so they could actually be in there and you could have different tiers where it might just be that you're just doing everything yourself it could be that we provide the producer to sit there while the recording happens and then it could even be things after the recording so all your post editing and distribution and all the other parts around the podcast so and then obviously you could tier your pricing based on that beyond that though even for guests so i mean 
mean, you could drive to the guest's location and record live with them. It could be something like a, a music venue or, you know, some other kind of venue or event where you just set up the, the van and you do your recording outside the front of that venue. So you're doing almost a live podcast recording. It could just be a live recording with guest interaction as well and with listener interaction. Yeah, some pretty good uses for that. And there are a couple I've seen in Australia. There's there's one in Sydney called Radio Hub and there's one in Melbourne called Roller Media. So they do this kind of thing. I haven't seen one in Adelaide where I am and I'm sure that market size here is, is a little smaller and I think that's part of you know what we'll come on to next. But around the world, if you had a, a fleet of mobile podcast fans, I think there's something in it. So my, my immediate thoughts on that, Dan, just quickly are, I mean, I don't think we should even settle at a van, mate, because I'm thinking um, in London, I'm thinking this could be a backpack or like this could be like an Uber guy on a bike, electric bike or something. And you come in with the gear, you know, use their locate, use their already location, wherever you're driving to with the van, you could almost use their location. You could just bring the gear on a bike. Like let's, let's simplify a little bit more, but that, that was just my, my immediate thoughts because, you know, vans are quite, can be quite big, but yeah. Yeah. Great. I, 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 that's a good idea. I haven't thought of that. Yeah, and you, you could have maybe it's a different vehicle for, you know, a different way of getting it there for different situations. I think the van has some merit because if you set up, you know, say you had green screens around it, you know, you could obviously be recording with something else in the background or if it's just a nice background, you can do your, your video recording. So not only audio recordings, but also vodcast and video recordings as well. But I really like that idea of, of a bike or a smaller vehicle that's really just bringing out that equipment. It's just the, the really the basics of what you need to do the recording. Yeah. So for desirability, do people want this? Like I said, it's it's probably a there is a niche marker there because most podcasters are going to be fairly simple. They're going to be using their own equipment, and most podcasts don't get more than a few downloads. So for the vast majority, they're not going to have the money, and they won't want to spend the money on something like this. And then obviously you get to the other end. You've got media companies and these big podcast networks who are producing podcasts at scale. They're going to have everything already. So I think you're looking for that maybe one or two years in. They're starting to grow. They've got a, a pretty decent audience and they want to move up to something more professional. I think that's probably the audience. It kind of gives them a toe in the water without committing to you know, building or, or decking out their own studio, without committing to a, a physical studio. This is something that could be kind of an in-between, I suppose. And market size, pretty big. So globally, there's about 5 million podcasts. And let's just assume each podcast is one podcaster. So let's say 5 million podcasters. Couldn't find any specific Australian numbers, but just based on our population as a percent of global, you know, we'd be sitting at about 15,000 Australian podcasts. So it's not huge, but it's still pretty big because really all you need, I mean, you can only do, let's say 30 bookings a week. And most of those, if you're booking them, they're going to be booking every week. So it's not like you're going to need a new podcaster every week or a new set of podcasts every week. So out of that 15,000, yeah, you're only going to need 30 or 50 to kind of get that van booked out. Mm. That, that, those I love, I love the recurring model there, Dan. That's that's brilliant because, you know, recording it every week, you know, weekly, monthly, fortnightly, whatever it is, or a couple of times a week. That's I think that's really good. The recurring revenue there is brilliant. Yeah. And we know podcasting is growing. So I think that 15,000 is only going to grow and keep growing. From a feasibility standpoint, pretty easy. And again, I was thinking the van, but buying a van and decking it out, pretty easy. Setting up a website and a booking form, taking payments, again, relatively straightforward. There's plenty of do-it-yourself type websites and even AI tools that can do a lot of this stuff for you. And then from a business model standpoint, I think about 100,000 Australian to get it ready. So probably the van is the biggest cost there. And, and I'd suggest on the whole climate and emission side of things that it's an electric van. So, you know, looking at about 80K for that. And then running costs, pretty small as well. I've worked out roughly to about 5K per year. So I think once you've done that setup, you've got those running costs. But I think 
even if you set it at $100 an hour, and let's say you got to 30 bookings, you're talking three grand a week. So I think the revenue is, is definitely there. And I think he's making money back pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you could definitely run that off of a small startup cost as well, um, like we talked about before. So definitely, yeah, trust yeah. your numbers there, Dan. Thanks. Both of our ideas, pretty straightforward this week. Nothing too earth shattering or anything, but I think some little business ideas that people could get off the ground pretty quickly. Yeah. So I just got some sort of thoughts on your idea there. So just thinking an additional add-on, right? Add on to the business model. So, are you you're, you're, are you thinking like you know subscription or is it sort of one off payment? How are you sort of pitching that? I mean, I think you could do both, but I think if you're going to do a subscription, subscription would be better so that you've got that guaranteed income. But you could obviously do it at a lower rate and probably have more inclusions as part of a subscription. If you do it as a one off, I mean, I think you should still have the option, but you're probably going to charge a higher rate. Yeah. So I think an additional add on to that would be the growth of the podcast. Because as we know, the growth and growing a podcast is sort of is, is actually a big part of podcasting. We're definitely top three or four. All I can, when I think of business podcasts, all I can think of is Alex Homozi, My First Million, Idea Overflow, and then Australian Financial Review. Do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like there's not actually that many that are into the actual growing of podcasts. So I think there's an additional business model there that you can add on. Or if you're already a marketing company, maybe you could get into podcasting help and helping with that sort of thing, like a digital media company, like you mentioned earlier. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, no, keep going. The other thought I had just a quick tweak on the business, but I was like, um, you know, you'd want to do one or two vans or bikes or, or whatever it may be. And then I think this is a prime candidate for a franchise model. So you could then franchise this out like Dan's podcasts or whatever, sort of like a gyms or like Jim's mowing or or whatever, or like McDonald's, whatever, any any sort of franchise. It should be like podcast van. It's like comes in all set up with the playbook for growth, for everything, for all the equipment gets set up, all of that. And then they, they, you pay a fee and then they grow their podcast. And yeah, I think that's just an interesting, another thought there. Yeah, love it. I think with podcasting and probably different from some of those brands that you mentioned is that the market size, I think, would determine how big you can grow. That 15,000 podcasters I mentioned, if you only had 1,000 within there, you know, you probably need to balance of, work out that balance of, well, how many vans do we actually need to service this this market? But I do think the franchise is a good option, but maybe it's franchising into different cities or could be regional areas or things like that. Yeah, great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the regional aspect as well. Yeah, definitely. No, brilliant idea today, Dan. I'm, I'm really on board with that. Um, yeah, almost one that I'd want to have a crack at, but nah, I'm too, too busy. <laughs> too busy over there all the way in uh, where, uh, in uh, Florence, Florence, mate. In Florence, yeah. Back back to London soon, though, but yeah. That, that, that's the pod, I reckon. We're done. See you later, mate.